0: morning, make sure I'm on here, good to see you, welcome, uh, my name is Derek and I'm the, lead, you're just going to stand the whole time Carl, <laughs> we love that you just said, yep. <laughs> so uh, good to see you again, my name is Derek, pastor here, so if you're new with us, uh, that's who I am and if you're uh, just coming in for the first time of the last several weeks, if not, this is your first time ever, we have been Uh, most of the summer moving through what you see behind me which is known as the Lord's Prayer and each week we've just been looking at one of the phrases and just been going in order and looking at one of uh, each of the six phrases that are in the prayer they're all petitions they're all requests very interesting and we've just been looking at each of those in turn and so the last two weeks uh, today and next week we're going to look at the last two things in the prayer today we're going to look at the amen we're going to go backwards and look next week at what is known as the doxology of the prayer, which is right here on the bottom uh, thing that says, uh, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Both of these, by the way, the amen and that doxology, are not in the Bible. So it's a very interesting thing. You probably think, well, I've always said that. I always say amen, and maybe you've said that doxology as well when you've uh, said the prayer with others or you've heard the prayer spoken. But we want to talk a little bit about what these two things mean, and they're extraordinary, but we're going to move backwards into it. I want to talk about the amen today. Does that sound good? There you go, amen. You guys are much better than the first hour. They were like, they didn't get it. They didn't get the whole, we should say that. So, uh, that was pretty interesting. But, uh, so we're going to do this today. I love the word amen as a kid. The word amen meant that the prayer was over. Like, that was... I loved that. I don't know if you're with me on that. The church I grew up in was really big. And we always sat in the balcony on Sunday mornings, all of us high school kids, and uh, they did communion at some point in the service, but it was always this massive ordeal where we had this huge table, <laughs> it feels like the size of the stage maybe, and there were all the trays and the gold and the silver, and there were microphones on the, the ends of each, you know, each end of the table. And at one point in the service, all these men would come down all four aisles, you know, carrying the the bread and the juice. And they would be in suits, and it was quite the thing, and we're all standing up. And they would get to the table, and it was this, I mean, I can't even recall exactly what they would do, because it would took like 15 minutes, but they would, you know, all these like rituals of the, taking the things off, and, you know, you know, whatever with the bread, and getting it all ready for us to pass around, which by the way, just as a side, the communion bread that we have uh, in our trays is all homemade, by the way, from a lady from my home church. This sounds so sacrilegious, but I loved that bread as a kid that I knew where they kept it, and me and my friends would go down into the church kitchen and just pop open the Tupperware and go to town, like, that's bad, isn't it? That's bad. King David did that in the temple, by the way, you can read about that, so... Uh, (laughs) ate all the bread but anyway back to the real story they would come down and do all this and then they would pray at each microphone so these two men would pray and it would always be these really long prayers maybe it felt long because again i'm 16 i'm in the balcony we're all standing and i haven't been asleep since friday right that's the way anybody with me on that just the second hour some of you guys know exactly what i'm talking about bedtime let's go Derek. But we would just all be standing there, but man, when you heard them say, amen, like the whole place would erupt with like, amen, because we're done. That's what that means, right? That's what I'm getting at. I loved the word as a kid because it meant that it was done. Now, the church I worked in before moving back into the city was down in the south suburbs in Henry County. Anybody from Henry County? Nobody. Nobody wants to admit that. Okay. I loved it. But the church I was in, uh, they would amen everything, like they would amen the announcements, I mean it was just like we got a youth thing coming up on Thursday, amen, amen, keep them off the streets, amen, like there was always a sort of amen, and they would do that all the time, you know, or like, and when I would preach there it was nice, because like the people would help me, I mean I would say we're going to teach today from the book of John, amen, like you would hear it from somebody, and it was like wow, I just feel better about what I'm going to say, because uh, somebody amen that, but we would always, we would always hear that. Uh, Let's just say the word together, because it's supposed to be said together. Here we go. Ready? Amen. There's different ways to say this. Now, you can, if you're not from here, uh, let me just educate you a little bit. It's amen. It's amen. Let's try that together. Ready? Amen. Now, if you're really from here, you add brother on the end of that. Amen, brother. Ready? Here we go. Amen, brother. Amen. So you've got to add the second amen to that. That's how it works. Just educating you on the ways of uh, this area. All right. Um what am I talking about here? The amen. Some people said the amen uh, in the middle of the prayer, like sometimes I would be praying, and maybe you felt this way too as I've prayed from the stage. At least we don't make you stand for that, but sometimes you would hear the amen like it felt like in the middle of the prayer, but maybe because the guy or girl stopped, like paused, took a breath, and someone would say amen. I don't know what they mean, but maybe they thought it was over, or they thought it should be over. Amen. We're all sort of calling it from the floor. You're done. Amen. When I was in South Africa, uh, we led a few church services in some villages there. And um, our friends who lived there, and we were just visiting, they said, now, this is so strange, he said, but if they're done with you, like you're teaching, if they're done, they just start singing. Like, that means you're done. <laughs> like, they call the shots. And so the whole time, I'm, I'm sort of an anxiety person anyway. So I'm like, are they going to start singing? Like, is, are they already bored? And like, true, totally true. They would just stand up and. <laughs> and you're just sort of like, I guess, I guess I'm guess i done. I guess, you know, you feel so dumb, you know. But uh, so sometimes the amen felt like somebody was trying to finish the prayer for the person. Or were they? I don't know. We want to talk about that a little bit. One of the things that I know is that we, we say this word a lot. Particularly in church circles, we say it in prayer, but I'm not sure we know fully why we say it, what it means, and what are we doing when we say the word amen. Like sometimes we end our prayers in here, like I'll say, and everyone said, and you know, 30, 40, 50% of you say, Amen, and the rest say, Well, they said it for me. Um, and sometimes we get around to that. Thank you very much. <laughs> it makes sense later. Um, But do we know what we're saying when we say it? Like, when we say amen, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we participating in? And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this word amen, especially as it relates to the Lord's prayer, uh, as we've been talking about all summer and working through uh, during these weeks. What does it mean to say amen After we say the prayer. Just a few things about the word itself. As I said earlier, it's actually not in the text. If you look in the Matthew version of the Lord's Prayer and also the Luke version, it's not there. In fact, it just moves on after the phrase, and deliver us from evil. It just moves on into something else. In Matthew's version, it moves on to Jesus talking about forgiveness. Like there's no, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, amen. There's none of that. It just moves on into something completely different. And so, it's not actually in the text, but it is implied, and it is, most importantly, the traditional and liturgical ending to all prayers. And when I say liturgical liturgy, it means, like, something that we participate in. It's a work. That's what that word means, like, it's a work that we do together. And so, the amen is this traditional liturgical ending to prayers in which we all sort of participate in the ending of it, and we say amen. And so, it's not in the text but it is implied and we'll see why in a moment also the word itself is just a hebrew word pronounced now hold on it's pronounced amen like it's amazing isn't it let's just try it in the hebrew ready amen it's amazing like isn't that cool it's actually one of the few words that is the same in every language which is a beautiful thing when you're praying with other people or listening to prayers in other languages. You may have no idea what they're saying, but when they get to the end, you know they're done. Because you hear them say, amen, or amen, or, or amen. Like, you hear it. Like, you know we're done, even if you don't even know the language. Because this is one of those few words that just never translated. It just has stayed the same. And it's a Hebrew word. And it, uh, it means, I'm going to show you these things on the screen. This is what it means. It's very simple. It means I agree. Now pay attention, it means I agree. It means I second, like I second that. It means I support that. So there's a sense of like buy-in. Like amen is not just we're done, let's go eat. It's I support what you've said. Uh, If we're putting it in our own language, it's I'm with you. And the actual Hebrew translation is right on. True story. What you have just said is right. Right in a righteousness sort of sense. That this is what should be. Amen to what you've said and what we've prayed together. So when you say the word amen, what you're saying is, in essence, I'm with you. I agree with that. I support that. I second that. I'm with you. And that's right. And so it's... it's which is interesting because we say it at the end of our own personal private prayers, which if you think about it, it's kind of crazy. Lord, give me this, help me through this, work with me through this, be with me here, and I agree with what I just said. Like, if you think about that, it's really strange, isn't it? Like, Lord, please forgive me, and I agree with that. Like, it's really strange. Like, try it this week. Just from today on, don't say amen in your private prayers. It's really weird, is it not? Like... When you pray tomorrow or tonight or whatever, Lord, thank you for this day. Uh, You know, help me through tomorrow. Help me through that project that we're working on. Help me through this relationship that I'm working through. And we're done. Like, don't say, like, try that and report back to me on how strange that sounds. Like, to just agree with yourself, that just kind of sounds like there's a couple of you there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a little weird. Uh, And there's people that can help you with that. But... Uh, You didn't get that. Okay. We We got it. Thank you. Amen. What you said is correct. But again, it means to agree, to second, to support. I'm with you. So it is a word traditionally, historically, in an ancient sense, it's a word that was used in response to what has been heard. So in other words, here we are in the church building, or maybe we're in a small group together and we're praying, and when the amen is spoken, it is spoken in response to what has been said and heard, not necessarily by the speaker or the teacher or the one who's praying, but by the listener. Now, a couple of uh, a few scriptural examples of this. Let me just show you a few of these. Uh, amen in scripture is used really in three primary ways. One is the person who is saying the amen is taking what someone has said before and making it their own, like adopting it, agreeing with it again, sort of committing to it, like leaning into it, and like really owning it. Here's a couple of examples, uh, Psalm 106:48, And these, these are a dime a dozen, so I just threw a random one up. It doesn't have anything to do with the message, but, except for the amen part. But the psalm ends with these words, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say amen, which is essentially here, you know, the psalms are songs and prayers, and so these are things sung in the ancient communities of faith in the Jewish community. And so this sense in which, blessed be the Lord our God from everlasting to everlasting, etc., let all the people agree with that, is what it's saying. Let all the people say yes to that. Let all the people say right on to that. Like that is correct. Blessed be the Lord our God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. So there is this sense in which the amen is spoken in agreement with what has been said. Like, I'm taking what you just said, and I agree, and I'm with it. There's a story in the prophet of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was living in Jerusalem in the 6th century, which was a wreck at that point. It had been taken over, and it was left uh, to the poor, and the abandoned, and Jeremiah. But he wrote seven letters ...to the exiles, the Jewish people who were living in Babylonian cities at the time. That's the makeup of most of the the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament... these letters that Jeremiah writes. And there's this one section where uh, Jeremiah is speaking to this prophet... uh, ...named Hananias. And Hananias promises, like he sort of prophesies that the Jews will go home... ...that they'll get to go home. And notice what it says on the screen. It says, Jeremiah uh, said, Amen. May the Lord do so... May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true. So here here it sits on the front end, not the back end. Like someone has spoken and Jeremiah says, amen to that. And what you've just said, I hope that that happens. I pray that that is true. So there is a sense in which when we say amen, we're saying in a sense, that's what I hope to be true. So it's not necessarily something that you have to say or I have to say, ...in full faith. Like, we don't have to believe it 100%. Sometimes it's just a hope. Sometimes it's just, that's what I hope is true. That's what I hope comes to be, right? So in a sense, the amen could close. Like, just think about it outside of church for a moment. Um, You're at your office this week, and you're on a team... ...and you guys are planning for a project... ...or some initiative, or some campaign and you're in this great dream session, and you got all this stuff on the board, and you're having a good time, and you're dreaming, and you're putting wins and goals down, and you're ready to take on the initiative, and you leave the room. What have you done? Well, in a spiritual sense, you've had this amen experience. Because everybody in the room leaves running for the same thing. Like what we've just talked about, what we've just planned, we're moving forward. So amen, in a sense, is hearing something, being a part of a conversation or a prayer with someone and saying, let's do that. Let's move forward on that. Another thing uh, that amen means, or another area that amen uh, plays a role, is, and this comes back to our sort of funny thing about saying amen by yourself, but sometimes amen has to do with having faith in your own thoughts, your own faith as it were, your own words. Like, Jesus did this a lot, and again, this is just a, a dime a dozen. These are just many, many examples. But Jesus in uh, John chapter eight, again, just an example. Jesus said to them, "Amen, amen," which is so weird. Some versions say, "Truly, truly." It's very odd. "Amen, amen," I say to you. Before Abraham was, I am. Now, the, the last part not important for us today. It's the first part. What is he saying? Like, it's Jesus. Very unique for Jesus to to Jesus. What am I saying? This is a very unique way of speaking, and it's sort of just with Jesus that we find this. Where he says, amen, amen, and then he says this thing. So, in a sense, Jesus is saying, what I'm telling you is true, and I believe it to be true. And there's these examples all throughout Scripture. So sometimes amen is about what I'm saying. Like, I truly believe this. So maybe instead of not saying amen at the end, that's how you begin your prayer. I don't know. just sort of a thought. Amen. Boom. We're into the prayer. And then it's also simply just a conclusion, a statement of conclusion. The very first word in scriptures, the Hebrew word barishit. Got to be careful with that one. But it just simply means, as you can imagine, in the beginning. That's what it means. It's the book of beginnings. It's the book of new and newness. And then the scriptures end, the very last thing that we find in the scriptures in Revelation 21, 21, uh, as you can see on the screen, is the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. I love that. We have in the beginning, and then it closes with the amen, which is saying that everything in between we run for, we try and have faith in, we believe. And so sometimes it's just simply a conclusion. Now, historically, uh, most of the time, the amen was in the hands of the listener. Not the person praying, not the person speaking. In the hands of the listener, in the hands of the congregation, it was a callback from the floor, so to speak, that covered the room with a collective sense of oneness, of community, of togetherness, of agreement, of support, of everybody saying, I'm with you in what you've just said or what you've just read from the text. I'm with you in what you not only have said, but I'm with you in the hopes that what you have said is true. Uh, One example again, just just a random example. Let me set this up before I show it to you on the screen because it's just sort of funny. But Paul, one of the writers of many of the books of the New Testament, uh, wrote this series of letters to a church in the city of Corinth. And Uh, In one letter, in 1 Corinthians, he's addressing this issue of speaking in other, like, tongues. Like, there's this sort of strange thing going on in these church gatherings. And for those who are, quote-unquote, outsiders to that church, it was very confusing to them. Because they don't know what's being talked about. They don't know what's happening. And it is sort of strange. And Paul addresses this. And he basically just says, like, be careful when you do that. And notice what he says about why you should be careful When you do that, he says, otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say, What does he say? So interesting, isn't it? Like, his main concern is that they won't be able to amen the thing. That's so interesting. It says, To they won't be an outsider to say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you were saying. Like, his main concern is not that it's weird, because let's just be honest about that, it's weird. His main concern is not that. It's amazing what's happening. His main concern is that an outsider will feel like an outsider. Like his main concern is that the person who already feels like they don't know the language of your faith will leave continuing continuing to feel like an outsider. Like amen has something to do with being on the inside, or at least feeling like. You're on the inside. Like, amen has something to do with community, with togetherness. Like, to hear the word amen spoken to you or over you or around you is, in an ancient sense, in a biblical sense, and it should be today, a way of feeling connected, a way of feeling a part of a community. And I think that's the point when we say amen, is that we need to hear that. We need to hear and speak the amen over people's lives. Because it says to them, I support you. I'm with you in what you've said and what you're hoping for. And again, it's not that you always believe 100% what's been prayed or what's been taught or what's been said. Sometimes the amen spoken collectively in the room is just just a behavior that we do in hopes that maybe one day... The strength of the whole room's amen will become my personal amen. Like, sometimes we just say amen, and it's like, I don't really... Like, maybe I put something on the screen, like, Jesus loves you, which isn't really a Bible verse, but you get, you get what I'm saying. I mean, he does love you. Don't, don't leave here thinking, wait! He doesn't? He does. He loves you, like, whatever. Uh, but we put that on the screen, and everybody says amen, and you say Amen, but you're not real sure if that's true. Right? You, you might have doubts in that. But it's still good to say it. Because it's like we're all say we all want this to come alive in our lives. And so sometimes just it's just, I'm saying it in hopes that I'll get there. And then sometimes it's just, you're, you're truly with the text or the teaching or the prayer. And you're just, I agree, I agree, I agree. Yes. Amen. We were praying um there's a few of us i love praying with pentecostal people cuz i'm just not pentecostal i'm like just straight laced you know just terribly boring lord boom 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 amen like that's that's all i do and um but i love praying with the more charismatic people cuz they just they make me feel like more spiritual than i am you know and i was praying with uh we had a few guys up here last year uh from different churches in the area One from Buckhead Church, one from Passion City. And my friend at Passion City, like, when he prays, like, I just feel like I'm in a different place. You know what I mean? Like, he's so good about, actually not when he prays, but when you pray around him, like, you feel like, man, I know how to pray. Like, I didn't think I knew how to pray until I was praying. You don't know what I'm saying. Okay. But but we were meeting, and I was like, well, let's just, let's pray. We're going to pray for the city. Today we were praying for the city and each other's churches, and he's like, let's do it. Well, I do what I normally do. I shut my journal, I put it down, and I just did this. Well I look over and he's like on his knees. They push the chair aside and I'm like, now I feel even worse. You know, like I'm just I don't want to sit on my knees, I've they hurt. But uh and he's like on his knees and and he's already in the thing. Like I haven't even like it's just getting quiet and you can hear him going, Yes. You ever been around people like this? And like I so I I start to prayers. Lord, thank you for these friends. And he's and it's not just like, amen, but he's speak, it's like he's helping me. Lord, thank you for these friends. Yes, Lord, amen, thank you for these, like, he's repeating, you're, you're like my back, you're like my doo-wop, like, but he's with me, like, and this is what I'm saying, like, you're with people like that, and it's doing what it's supposed to do, like, it's not only like pushing my prayer forward, but I genuinely feel as if I'm not alone in God, we pray for Passion City Church. Yes. Amen to that. We pray for Christian Church Buckhead. Yes. That's so different than what we do sometimes, where we just... Amen. Amen. just so weird to think about. Like... I know it's not very civilized, and it's not urbane, and it's just not, especially uptown here in this building, it's like, but maybe the amen needs to be spoken more. Because we're just so cool. That's for somebody else. And yet, historically, the church gathers to speak the amen over the word that has been spoken, the prayers that have been prayed, and the lives that have been changed. Amen to that. Amen, I want that to be true for me. Amen, that is true. Amen, let's take this hill together. Amen to that. Are you with me on that? Amen, Amen. there you go. Now you're with me. Now we can get started. (laughs) But I think more than anything, and let me just close this down with these couple thoughts. It's really about community. It's really about this word that says, when we say it and hear it, that we're not alone. That's what it means. If you look behind me on the wall, the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, if you notice one thing at all about it, notice that it's all given to us in the plural. When Jesus was asked to teach the disciples how to pray, he gave them this prayer, and it's not an isolated private prayer. Private prayers are fine. In fact, right before the Lord's Prayer in the Matthew text, Jesus talks about this is how you should pray privately. But faith is not private, though it may be personal. It's not private. We're not alone. And the prayer that we should pray together is in the plural. Have you ever said the Lord's Prayer by yourself? If you have, that's rare. Because it's a prayer given that we all pray. That we pray our Father, not my Father. There was a big to-do a couple of years back when they started to change the ancient creeds from our to me or I. A big uproar, just like no, because we speak these together. Right? We believe, not I believe, we believe. And of course, I am included in we, but it's we. And we pray our Father, not just my Father. We pray our Father. We ask His kingdom come on this earth. And we ask Him that He forgives us and that He gives us the daily bread, that He leads us away from destructive things. Not just me. We're not alone. Amen is a statement that we're not alone. C.S. Lewis said, it is a tiring and unhealthy thing to lose your Saturday afternoons, but to have them free because you don't matter, that's much worse. And if you've been following the news this week so many things are going on and we could talk about so many things that are happening in the world but one of the things that um, I fixated on was the death of Robin Williams. I mean growing up, you know, in the 80s like he was it. I mean he was the thing, the per- the thing he was the phenomenon that we all watched and laughed at and just I showed my son for the first time Dead Poet Society a couple months ago we have this Saturday night tradition where we watch movies and they're always my movies so he's bored already. But we're watching Dead Poets, and it's just like, it's a sacred moment, you know? It's like such a good movie. And lots of questions, lots of dialogue, but yeah. I mean, and I was reading some of the articles uh, after his death, and people just posting interviews and and things, and there was this one uh, quote of his that just really uh, took me, and it said, I used to think the worst thing in life is to end up alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel all alone true story several years ago a guy comes up to me 30 seconds before i'm supposed to preach like right here people are greeting doing the thing the gripping and the grinning and he comes up to me and says to me from the floor like 30 i mean the mic is still on and he says to me you make me feel invisible It was a lose-lose, because I was like, now's not a good time. (laughs) It's it's not a good, I mean, mean, what do you do? You know? Your name no, I'm just kidding. Uh, But it was terrible, because that's not what you want to hear. You don't want to hear that you make people feel invisible, because you would hate to feel that way. But we all have people that make us feel that way. But it was a really awkward moment for me. Because not only did I feel embarrassed and a little bit caught off guard and like I don't know what to do and I feel guilty, I felt worse for him. I would, hate, I would hate to live a life where that's how people made me feel. And I think that when we're talking about something that's so simple and benign in our culture is the word amen, I think what God wants us to do is to really see that thing that we say in all its power, And when we say it, it's not just, cool, we're done, let's go to lunch. It's, let's just sit here for a minute and connect over what we've just heard. And when we speak amen, that we're saying so much more than, that was a good prayer. We're saying, I agree with you, I support you, I second that, I'm with you. Let's move together, let's journey through faith together. Ecclesiastes 4. Says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will help up his fellow. And I love this last part, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. Woe to him who is by himself, by herself, when they fall. Woe to the guy who comes up to the preacher 30 seconds before he preaches and says, Of all people, you make me feel invisible. That's sad. And it's also sad that he thinks that I am supposed to be, it, like if I'm the last hope, that's sad. We need people around us to speak the amen into our lives. Just one phrase, put it on the screen for you, very simple. The amen means to live dependently. I know in our culture that's, no, we're independent. We make our own decisions, we say what we want to say, we're free. But the scriptures are different. They call us not to live independently, but to live dependently. And that's what amen is. Amen is not the ending to my personal prayers because I agree with what I just said. Amen is an act of living dependently. So let's pray together. And then we will take communion together. Um, It's at the four tables around the room if you're new with us. Just move at your own pace and take the bread and the juice. It's an ancient practice that we've been doing since the days of the Last Supper that remind us of the life and the death and the grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus. So we'll do that together and then we'll sing a song as we close. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day and thank you for um, these this prayer that you've given us, these phrases, and God, help us to... Um, Help us just to learn what they mean, help us to learn what it means that your name is holy, that your kingdom is coming, that you provide for us, that you forgive us, that you lead us away from destruction. Help us to learn what that looks like each and every day, and help us to pray that in some way every day to seek that. But God, today we just come around this word, amen, a word that has remained unchanged, throughout history, through languages, through cultures. And Father, I just pray that you help us connect even better than before, that you help us grow in our oneness, not only as a church in this building, but just in thinking about all the churches in the city and around the world, that when we speak amen, it's with them as well. And Father, I pray as we move through the steps of communion, taking the bread and the juice that It reminds us of your grace and your mercy and encourages us to live uh, trusting you each and every day. We pray these things in your son's name. And everyone said, amen.